Welcome to Home Health 360, a podcast presented by Aliacare. I'm your host, Jeff Howell, and this is the show about learning from the best in home health care from around the globe. Hey folks, and welcome to another edition of Home Health 360. In 1985, the very first Sarah Care Center opened its doors in Canton, Ohio, originally called Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, which stands for Senior Adult Recreation and Health. That's like the best dad joke ever. <laughs> the facility was one of the first intergenerational sites in the U.S. The Senior Adult Daycare Center was located next to a child daycare center and served as a training and research site for the development of other unique intergenerational programs across the country. Dr. Meryl Griff combined her skills as a healthcare professional for senior patients and a caregiver for her own mother to develop the Sarah Care Way. She brought to life the importance of a social atmosphere to enable seniors to retain their independence and interact with others so that they may share interests with and while being cared for and receiving the assistance they need to get through their activities. The concept really caught on. Caregivers and seniors responded with enthusiasm to the new approach to care. Currently, Sarah Care is located in, if I have this right, about 13 states and 24 locations with one even in Saudi Arabia. Dr. Meryl Griff, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I also have Aliacare's own Kelly Bishop, our Director of Strategic Accounts, who also spent seven years as a director at Lincoln Healthcare Events, the organization that puts on Home Care 100, and it was at a Lincoln Healthcare event that the two of you originally met at. Kelly is also the world's most niche and electrifying vlogger who only vlogs about twice a year for behind the scenes footage at Home Care 100. So Kelly, thank you for being here today. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here and I appreciate the lovely intro, Jeff. So Meryl, tell us a little bit about your personal and industry background. Actually, unlike most of my colleagues, I actually started out working with children. I was a play therapist and started working with children from ages three to 12. I started to develop some therapeutic techniques that included parents and then developed a technique called intergenerational play therapy, which included grandparents. And so when an opportunity came up to do what we call, and you spoke about this very well, Jeff, a shared site, child daycare center and an adult daycare center together in the same building, I just jumped at it and moved myself into working with seniors as well as working with children. When I opened up the adult daycare center, I just fell in love with adult day. I had managed nursing homes and assisted in independent living. I had done home care. I had done a lot in long-term care, but just absolutely fell in love with adult daycare. People come to us during the day. They have great fun, great food. They have friends. It's a great experience for them. And then they go home at night, back to their families, and they can continue to live in their communities. Mm -hmm. And so we just began to expand from that one center now into, we now have new centers that are opening up this year. So we'll be close to 30 centers in those 13 states. 
Wow, that's great. Talked a little bit about the adult day. Can you walk us through what an adult day experience is, maybe just so our audience understands fully what adult day is? Sure. So we always say 101 activities and home by dinner, because that's really the most important point, that people go home at the end of the day. We're staffed with RNs and LPNs. We can do healthcare for our participants during the day. And we're taking care of a wide range of people. We do take care of people all the way from someone who's very frail and perhaps the family feels as though they don't want to leave them at home during the day because they may fall or they're not taking their medication or they're not eating or they may be getting depressed and feeling lonely all the way to seniors who have had a stroke or Parkinson's disease they may be a brittle diabetic, all the way to those with mid-stage Alzheimer's disease or other forms of dementia. So we're able to do light-skilled nursing in our centers. We have roll-in showers. We have many day spas in all of our centers. We're really trying to take care of as many services as possible while people are with us during the day. So they can come and get a shower, which is a big deal for many families. That's really an issue for them. They can get a manicure, they can get their hair done, they can get a chair massage, they can have great food. It's just a great place for them to be during the day under the supervision of our nurses. Podiatrists come to us, audiologists come to us. Once again, when that person goes home at the end of the day, we want the family to just be with them and hear about their experiences during the day and not have to think, oh, I got to take dad for a haircut, which sounds like a simple thing, unless you've been a family caregiver, then it's not such a simple thing all the time. So we're really trying to take care of all of that during the day while they're with us. It's a snapshot of what adult day is. Yeah, it sounds incredible. It really is an incredible service that you're providing to so many seniors out there and their families. So I will say this, I'm using the word seniors, and that's usually meant 65 and above, all right? But I will tell you that we're seeing two trends in our centers. One is people in their 50s. We're seeing people younger and younger. Unfortunately, we are. And the other trend we're seeing is we're seeing more and more men than ever before, where before the older generation of women felt even if they were getting ill and they couldn't do it anymore and they were exhausted, they were never giving up the care of a spouse or a father or a mother to someone else, where this cohort, this generation of women especially understand that in order to keep caring for someone in their home, they have to have respite or they have to be able to go to work or they need to be able to go to the doctor themselves, but they need some support and respite in order to continue going forward and caring for that person. Let me talk, if I could, for a minute, Kelly, on a little bit about the relationship between adult daycare and home care, because I know you are absolutely a leader in the home care industry. And so people out there may be thinking, what the heck does she have, Meryl Griff? What is this woman doing here? The relationship between home care and adult day is very, can be very strong, and we work very well together. 
So a home care worker goes in, gets that person up, gets them ready. They come into adult day or a Sarah care center during the day, and then they go home at night and that home care worker comes back in at night and gives them dinner and helps them get ready for bed and gets them settled. They're available for the weekends. They're available on the evenings. This allows families' finances to go a little farther. It's a little bit of a less expensive option for them. Plus the fact it allows our nurses to monitor their health during the day. So we work very closely with home care and we don't really see ourselves as a competition to home care. We see ourselves as being able to partner with them and work together for really good care. What's your sense of standalone adult day services? I feel like I'm starting to see more home care agencies that are offering adult day. Do you have any sense of what the breakdown might be in the marketplace? Yeah, I think that there's one particular home care franchise operation that has entered into the market of adult day. And so I think that's happening. There are also adult day centers like Sarah Care Centers that have now entered into home care. It's going both ways in terms of how the industry is moving forward. It doesn't matter really whether it's home care that's also providing adult day or the opposite way or it's a partnership. The focus really needs to be on the senior and the standards of care. We're going to have to ask the COVID question. So anything that's facility-based during COVID, bring us through what life was like pre-COVID. And then I'm assuming the industry took a huge hit and I'm assuming it's starting to bounce back now. Right. The adult day industry took a horrible hit because in most states, the, the governors closed all the adult day centers, which was a disaster for many adult days. Interesting enough, in many of those states, legislation has now been passed that will never allow them to do that again. They just won't be able to do that because the impact was not only on the adult day providers, the impact was on the families and mm -hmm. on the seniors that we care for. Home care just could not handle everyone that needed care at that time. Plus, the fact the advantage of people coming into us in addition to the home care is that socialization and that lack of isolation because they're with friends. They make friends and that went away. They became very isolated. People, we saw people mm -hmm. really regress. They became very depressed. It was really difficult for everyone during that time. Now, at Sarah Care, we did the best we could do. We did virtual calls. We stayed in touch with all our families. We delivered activity baskets to people for those who were living alone. We often delivered food baskets to them. So we stayed in touch on a regular basis, but it was still very hard. It was very hard for everyone. And I don't think the governors realized how hard it was going to be on the families and how hard it was going to be on the seniors and the type of regression that was going to happen. And that people got worse. And suddenly we saw nursing home admissions increasing when they really didn't have to. And what's your sense of the impact on number of adult day providers? And I would imagine some of the smaller organizations just got wiped out and are not coming back. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Some of the smaller organizations did get wiped out and they're not going to reopen. And that's a real concern for us as an industry because many of those centers that are not going to reopen are in smaller rural areas, mm -hmm. already a lack of services. And now there's even going to be less services. So we're very worried about what's going to happen 
with all of those families and all of those caregivers. We are responding. Things are getting better. And what's interesting to us is through COVID, people became more aware of adult day healthcare as an option. Or they really weren't aware of it as an option and no one really even thought about it a lot many times. Now suddenly it's on their radar and now suddenly they begin to see it as an option for care. Meryl, I have a question for you. So you have two centers, is that correct, in Saudi Arabia? We have two centers that are under construction. Under construction. Okay. And is the model similar over there for adult day as it is in the States? It's interesting. There are obviously not a lot of adult days in the Middle East. There's more in Israel actually, than there are in Saudi Arabia and the UAE. The model is basically the same. The difference is it faces each other. We have a men's section and we have a women's section. We had to divide them. But other than that, it's basically the same. It's interesting to me, the activities are, as we plan them now, plan to be very much the same. The big difference is those centers are going into buildings that have multiple geriatric services in them. They have outpatient rehab, they have a geriatric assessment center, they have a pharmacy, they have physician offices. So people will be able to come and get a lot of services all in one place and they won't be moving from place to place in order to get their services. That's fantastic. You expanding into so many different states, I'm curious about challenges that you encountered state to state. And second to that, In every state, really the dominant funder is Medicaid. I'm just curious how the payer mix, is there a big market for private pay adult daycare? Can you bring me through how you went through so many different states and some of the lessons that you learned? Sure. So our target market really is the private pay market because we're actually less cost than four hours of home care. I probably shouldn't say that on a home care station. (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably be banned and everyone at this moment is turning me off. (laughs) You can stay with me and we we really can work together. So our target market really is private pay because we have a lot of people who need to go to work during the day and they need to work eight hours, nine hours. Um, And so cost becomes a big factor for them. The Veterans Administration also pays for adult day health care. Long-term care insurance, some of them often pay for adult day health care. But you're right, Medicaid is a big funder for adult day health care. And that depends on what state we're in. So there are states like Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan who pay a decent rate, Medicaid rate, for adult day. There are states like North Carolina and Texas where we have centers, but we do not have Medicaid contracts. And the reason for that is Medicaid in those states pay something like $38 a day for care. Well, I can't have RNs and LPNs on $38 a day. It just doesn't work. And so unfortunately, what happens in those states, the adult day health centers very often in those states, if they're primarily Medicaid centers, are huge. They're taking in 120 people a day. It's not the kind of care we really like to see, but they have to have in order to exist. For Sarah Care, for us, for our quality assurance across all the states and all the centers we have is CARF which is the national and international accreditation body 
for adult day health. And so we have achieved CARF accreditation since 2003. We're very proud of that. It's a very high standard. I'm actually a certified CARF surveyor, and one of my staff is also a certified CARF surveyor. We do surveys primarily in the United States and Canada, but that is our quality assurance. So all of our centers, everything that we do is run according to CARF standards, which across the board is higher than any standard in any state. How do you spell that acronym? C-A-R-F. Okay. Got it. What's the average location look like? How many employees would you have? How many clients would you take in per day? What's the size of the facility? Yeah, they run about 6,000 square feet, um, okay. 15 to 18 staff in each of the centers. The design is basically the same in each of our centers. And so there is an area for dementia only that has its own bathrooms and its own shower. It looks like a home, but it's larger, living room, dining rooms, activity areas, which are used according to the people we have and what they want to do. Roll-in showers between the bathrooms, nurses area, so she can administer whatever she has to do privately. We try to make them as home-like as possible. So when people come in, they feel comfortable and they feel warm and the caregivers feel comfortable and warm. And it's a lovely place to be. You don't want to be too fancy. I've walked into adult day centers that they think they're going to appeal to the private pay market by being very fancy. And there's china and silver and oriental rugs. And my question to them is, people don't live like this every day for the most part. And I'm sure there's a few percentage, small percentage of the population that's eating on china and silver every day. And I've even walked into assisted livings like that where they're like, we don't understand why the people don't use this space. You made it too fancy. There is a point where you're too upscale. So our centers are really beautiful, I think, anyway. You want it warm and welcoming and cozy. Yes, absolutely. We all have vans, so we provide transportation. And all our vans have wheelchair lifts. And that's a really important issue for families. How many rides are you typically doing a day? Is that a standard for most of the clients that you serve? It's standard for about... 60% of the clients that we serve. Yeah. We have families who are going to work and they really want to bring their person into the center and then pick them up at the end of the day. They don't want them home by themselves, but about 60% of our clients get transported in by us. So Meryl, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and you are such a dynamic woman and leader in this industry, but you also have just a bevy of other interests and activities going on. So I was hoping you could tell our listeners today a little bit about your own personal podcast. Sure. The podcast is called Caught Between Generations. And it really came out of my own experiences as a family caregiver. First for my mother, after she suffered a very dense stroke, uh, and she lived in my home for three years. Actually, she also attended one of my Seracare centers during the day. She was in my home until she passed away. And also for caring for my husband, who had a chronic care condition for many years until he passed away. And I really felt 
very strongly that many of us are in the situation of caring for multiple generations. And we just don't have the time to go to this podcast for this information and that podcast for additional information. And then we had to go over here. There's just enough time in the day, assuming I could stay awake doing all those podcasts anyway, which has nothing to do with their being boring, but with my being exhausted as a family (laughs) caregiver. All right. Right. So I decided if we needed to take topics from multiple generational perspectives, and that's what Caught Between Generations is. So if we're talking about family estrangement, which was our highest rated show, we're talking about it from the perspective of adult children, parents, and grandparents. If we're talking about caregiver stress, once again, we're talking about it from the perspective of multiple generations. We're talking about diseases like diabetes. We're doing diabetic type 1 and type 2 diabetes because you may have generations with different types of disease states. So that really is the premise between caught between generations. And where can our listeners find caught between generations? It's on all the major podcast channels, including Spotify, Amazon. Actually, I didn't even realize that Amazon had picked up the podcast. I'll just tell you a quick funny story. I was talking to my granddaughter one day, and I was giving her a little lecture about once something is on the internet, you can never erase it, all right? (laughs) It's there forever, all right? So you have to be very careful. So she kind of smiled and looked at me and said, Grandma, if I Googled you, on the internet, what would I find? I was like, oh my gosh. So she Googles me and what pops up is all the podcasts on Amazon. Oh my God. I made it through that. I can't help but think that the caught between generations, there's so many parallels with how Sarah Care started with. I, I could just, the one thing that just really struck me was the number of people that would be dropping off a parent and a child to the same building at the same time. (laughs) Absolutely. I had someone who used to joke about that. Someone would say, what really is adult day? And he would say, think of it this way. You load everybody up in the car, right? You take your mother-in-law to Sarah Care Adult Day, and then you drop your child off at the child daycare, and you still have your dog in the car, so you take them to doggy daycare. That's it, (laughs) all right? And you finally get to go to work. (laughs) So, Meryl, you have a book coming out in September. Tell us more about that. Oh, yeah. That's called Solace in the Storm. Solace is, I'll spell it because of my accent. It's S-O-L-A-C-E. It's being coming out September 12th. It's being published by Forbes, which we're very proud about and very happy about. They've been great to work with. So what happened was at the end of each of my podcasts, I do what's called a takeaway. Not a really good name, but that's what I called it. So it was just a little blurb, a little something you could do to integrate into your life to either relieve your stress or to help you be a better caregiver or whatever it is. Forbes picked that up. And because caregivers impact on the workforce is such a significant issue at this point, they asked me if I could put all those takeaways into a book. And that's how it's designed. It goes all the way from infancy, caring for infants to caring for seniors. You can read chapter 159 if that's what you need or read chapter 2 and 4 if that's what you're interested in and that's what you need. And in every single chapter throughout the chapter, there are quick tips, something you can do quickly, easily, because, you know, 
I'm really tired. I'm a psychologist by training, so I'm not coming down on therapists. I don't want to hear about how I should own the problem. It's fine. All right. Now I understand it's okay for me to be angry, sad, or whatever it is I'm feeling as a family caregiver, but I need a solution and I need something I can do quickly. And I don't have an hour to meditate and I don't have $500 to join an upscale gym. All right. So I need something I can do quickly and inexpensively. And that's the premise for Solace in the Storm. Quick, easy, good tips that you can easily integrate into your life on a daily basis. September 12th. And where can people find it? It'll be on, of course, on Amazon, mm-hmm. Kindle, Barnes and Nobles. We think in the every major bookstore. It'll also have an audio version that's being recorded now. So it'll be online. We look forward to picking up a copy. We're um, just about coming up against our time here. So I'll get you out of here on this, Meryl. Give us a reason to be optimistic about the future of care. I think that through COVID, people have become very aware of how important care is, how important it is to support families in their care, regardless of the age that they're caring for. And I also think it's made us think as the old saying goes, out of the box, because Mm -hmm. now we've had to be innovative and we had to think differently and Mm -hmm. we had to approach problems differently. And I think it's opened the door for a lot of very unique, very different ways of caring. I see it going on even in states where they're looking at different ways to spend their Medicaid dollars in ways that might be more creative and actually provide better care at a higher standard and being more attuned to how that care is being delivered. So I'm really very excited about it. I think we're posed to do some really unique, really different types of programs and services that are really more customized to people, to those we serve, and I think really may help them more than we've had in the past because we're just more open to different ways of delivering of care. I love the way your brain thinks. I took three pages of notes here. I'm excited to do this episode and uh, good on you for being someone who puts things out there and used to do things like podcasts and write books. It's such a noble work that you do in the industry. So Meryl and Kelly, this has been a great way to kick off a Friday here. And I want to thank you both for coming. Oh, thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate your kind words and I appreciate the work you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. And Meryl, you're incredible. You're an inspiration to the industry. So thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Home Health 360 is presented by Care. First off, I want to thank our amazing guests and listeners. To get more episodes, you can go to aliacare.com forward slash home health 360. That's spelled home health 360 or search home health 360 on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. The easiest way to stay up to date on our new shows is to subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a newsletter you can sign up for on aliacare.com forward slash home health 360 to get alerts for new shows and more valuable content from Aliyah Care right into your inbox. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.